This is In The Zone with Tamika Nicole, where we talk all things sports. Thank you for giving me the chance to give you the top sports news, the hottest news, the scoop, (laughs) the tea on what's going on in sports, game recaps, hot news, everything is all here. So we're going to jump right into it and get right into the zone. NFC East. Now, when you hear that name, you probably think of some negative connotations that have been said or jokes. You know, like like I've mentioned in the past, people have called it the NFC least. But it's not looking like that this season. It's looking like the NFC East. Like they just, everybody's trying to eat. Philadelphia Eagles, 6-0, undefeated. Now, coming into the season, it was predicted that they would be good on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts put in his work, and it's showing. So all that hard work and effort is putting off. And plus, just because something looks good, you know, on paper, or you can analyze it to death, but it doesn't always come together. But it's coming together for them, and they're making it work. You have your Dallas Cowboys, who has one of the top offenses. They had the number one offense last season, has one of the top offenses, um, came in, but game one was a struggle. Then Dak goes out. Cooper Rush comes in. Now some people are calling him Cooper Clutch. Well, up until this week, this past week. But Cooper Rush was able to come in and keep the Cowboys afloat. Like I said, giving credit to that old line that the Cowboys have built over the last several seasons with their with smart draft picks. Hey, Cooper Rush couldn't have come into a better situation. So he has, you know, he's able to stay up for the most part and has time to get the ball out. You know, he doesn't have to throw like Patrick Mahomes or anything like that. Just the basics. And in addition to that, you got Tony Pollard and Zeke running. So it's worked so far. And they didn't, and with Cooper Rush, you know, Coming in for the full, as far as when Dat was fully out, this is the fir- their first loss. So, against the Eagles. Then you have your New York football giants. I think they're the biggest surprise. We're the biggest surprise. Whereas the other two are more predicted because of, like I said, the Eagles looking good on both sides of the ball. Cowboys with their top offense. I think... What people didn't anticipate with the Giants is a new head coach that's uh, actual qualified that has great, you know, experience. Seeing what he did with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So coming in with those credentials and things of that nature and and that confidence is something that we really needed and that swag too. I'm love we needed some swag and so he brought that swag with that attitude when we come out. As far as Daniel Jones, I think people don't take into consideration coming out of the draft and having multiple coordinators and coaches and everything changing, you know, within those systems from season to season. You know, he did struggle with protecting the ball and turnovers. 
And so it took some time for him to work and get that under control, but he's doing that. But I just wanted to give him credit for having to go through those different changes, rolling with it, to have Brian Dayball come, who worked with Josh Allen, and who possibly helped him to be, you know, play to the play to the level that he's playing. I'm not saying that him and Daniel Jones are going to be the same. And, you know, they're two different players, two different people, built totally different, think totally different. But I think it's such a cool fit for him to come over and for Daniel Jones to get that. He deserves that much, you know, to have at least a chance of somebody that's going to be there a minute, you know, and that's can help can help him and has that background and credentials to be able to do that. I think that's really cool. And we're seeing the effects of that in a confident, more confident Daniel Jones. I think he's more confident in his, you know, thinking when that ball is snapped and when he's scanning the field, being confident and just doing what has to be done. He's a dual threat. He can run, run with the ball. He has a great arm. He has a great arm. So I'm loving that. He's putting that work as well, making sure to protect the ball, being more confident, and I'm glad that it's working out with Brian Dayball coming and him getting that opportunity. The fact that it's having on Saquon, I think Saquon came in already on 10 and ready to show, you know, erase those question marks, show who he is. I already said that he had that, you know, just that, the injury and then trying to work through that and come back through that. He also coming in through different coaches, changes, different things of that nature. You know, I think he was just determined to show and who he was and to get back to who he was that rookie season. And he's been able to do that. He didn't just say it. He just didn't hope it and wish it in. No, he's doing it um, week in and week out so far. And, really carrying the offense, him and Daniel Jones, because Daniel using his legs when he has to as well. I think that the Giants have been able to be 5-1 and one and do what they've done right now, even with a new coach and all of that. It's not even that. It's the injuries, really. Like, we came in from in- injuries from offseason, you know, especially to the O-line. And every game is like, more soldiers are falling, and I'm just like, we don't have nobody else, and it's like, so and so is not, he's out for the game. Wow. But yet, still getting these wins, so that's the thing as well, though. And missing a deep threat of a wide receiver, like we're we're unable to stretch the field. <laughs> like for Saquon to still be able to get those yards, <clears throat> and you know they're gonna just crowd the box because we don't have a deep wide receiver threat. You know, and then Sterling Shepard's out. And we don't have like a big just, num- other, you know, num- number one receiver. Kenny Crybaby Galladay, he's been he's been crying, but then he got he's been injured and can't play. So. Through all of those adversities, though, I think how they've been able to do it. Quarterback Daniel Jones, Saquon. And just playing. Solid football, not just the basics of not turning the ball over, 
probably too many penalties, of course, and I like way too many. Got to cut those down. But I just think having that swag, that attitude, that just gutter, just I don't care what they look like. You see what they saying about you. But getting out there and just taking it, you know, series by series, play by play, (laughs) down by down and making it happen. So shout out to the Giants. Then we have the Washington Commanders. They're struggling a little bit. They've also, you know, got Carson Wentz and working through that. Carson Wentz just, him and Jared Goff being those top draft picks and going to, you know, they've moved on from those teams. I think Carson Wentz has been in three teams, started with the Eagles, Colts, and now back in the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. And it makes me wonder, like, what's going on? What happened with these teams? Like, what happened in Indianapolis that it wasn't even so much that it was on the field stuff. It was off the field. And it's like, you came in not that long ago, and you're not – you started off, you know, good. Not great like you should have been, but mm, good – for the Philadelphia Eagles, but it hasn't been great. And it hasn't been consistent lately. Since then, it's kind of come down. So I hope we're not having that diva-like attitude already because just not up to par for you to be. Not For them, the Indianapolis Colts to put it out there, they it was hard to work work with him. I don't know what his response to that is, but... You kind of get that feeling. So, anyway. But we'll we'll see. Now, we did have the, the game with the Eagles and the Cowboys before I end this segment. Let me go back to that game. Wow, it started off looking like the Eagles were just going to kind of blow through the Cowboys. But Cowboy defense stood up. <laughs> Offense struggled. But the defense, hey, kept in a Defense will keep you in there, do you hear me? So they had that going. So, yeah, the Cowboys ended up coming back. But just, like I said, Cooper Rush had a rough game. And before then, he was Cooper Clutch. Then this game. And then all you hear back, oh, well, thank you, Cooper. Looking for for Dak. (laughs) So Dak is trying to be better for the Detroit game. Is looking like he can. But... Cooper Rush, man, these fans, these leagues, they will flip they will flip on you. I always go back to Fitzpatrick. That when he was playing great, he was Fitz Magic. And if next week he threw some interceptions, he was Fitz Tragic. So they'll love you while you're doing great. And as soon as you looking sus, <laughs> as my daughter says, as soon as you looking sus, they moving on next. It was good while it lasted. But it's looking like that's trying to come back for the the Detroit game. The interesting thing to me is just trying to see what it'll look like. Because when Dak went out for that game one, he was already struggling in that game. Cowboys were struggling until Cooper Rush stepped in. He was great. Then he looked like Dak was looking that first game. And now they were looking for Dak to come and save him. So 
I'm just interested to see how that change in guard will go if it will be the smooth transition that Dallas, you know, fans are hoping it would be, hoping it'll be. But you can't just forget how Dak was looking. And if you expected him to pick up where he left off, I don't think he want that either because, like I just said, it wasn't looking good where he left off. But Eagles won against the Cowboys 26-17. to Cooper Rush completed 18 of 38 passes, threw for 181 yards, had one touchdown and three interceptions. Like I said, it was a it was a rough game for him. His first really rough game, so gotta give him his props. I'll give you your props, even though they done switched on you already. <laughs> and then you had Zeke. Um, he carried for thirteen. He had thirteen carries, sorry, for eighty-one yards and had one touchdown. And Tony Pollard had eleven carries for forty-four yards. And then we'll take a look at Jalen Hurts, what he was looking like after all the work he put in this offseason. He completed 15 of 25 passes. Now, I will say the Eagles had momentum in this game. Then it just stalled. And that's how the Cowboys kind of crept back at that time. But then the Eagles switched gears and they went on. (laughs) Um, But Jalen threw for 155 yards. He had two touchdowns and no interceptions. So tight run between the Cowboys the Giants and the Eagles. So we'll come back around and see how everything is looking and playing out as the season progresses. Cause there's still a lot of football left. This ain't, this ain't like postseason is next week in a couple of weeks. We still got several weeks to go and changes and things that can happen are going to happen. I sure hope you were able to watch that game last Saturday with Alabama and Tennessee. College football is what I'm talking about. Man, was that game everything I hoped it would be and more. It was just a great game. Either team could have won, but I just wanted a good game. So that's what I'm talking about. So I don't want Alabama fans coming looking for me. I'm just saying I wanted a good game, and that's what we got. Tennessee just happened to come off on top 52 to 49 the most points scored against Alabama since 1907 and boy did they celebrate like it not 1907 but 1999 everybody stormed the field everybody well not everybody but those close to the goalposts started taking it down to the point to where I saw um Monday, the school was asking for a change because they're trying to replace that goal post. <laughs> and I believe somebody asked or said that they, some of those, they had put some in the river as well. But anyway, they, they gonna make this last. But yeah, that was a great game to watch. But anyway, I was supposed to be talking about the NBA. For those that love football and basketball, like I do, The NBA season has kicked off. It's in full effect, so make sure you find your team and what times they're playing. Don't want you to miss out, so it's that time. And we'll be mixing some of the NBA news with the NFL news so that we have a little bit for everybody.
talk about some of the sideline antics that took place this past weekend in the NFL. We'll start with Tom Brady. He just ripped his O-line a new hole in front of everybody. Just went in on him. It looked uncomfortable. You know. I know Tom Brady does that, though. And I'm not saying that it's okay. But what I'm saying is I know that this happens. And not even with quarterbacks, you know, during the game, they have so much to do. They have to keep their mind, you know, abreast of whatever's about to come. When I get on this field and take the snap and scan this field and go through, you know, my progressions, you know. And then I have to make sure everybody around me good and motivated and like, yeah, it's a lot. But I don't always feel going off and being angry is going to motivate everybody. And it's not going to motivate everybody every week. You know, I saw Coach Brian Dayball go off on Daniel Jones. And, man, I just, well, my little, my little heart went out to him. But he did come back out there and he got his stuff together. You know? But with Tom this week, this past week, it was just different. And he's going to have to find other ways to motivate players as well. But you've already missed 11 days of training camp because of personal reasons. But your players are there. You're the leader. You're the quarterback. You're not there because personal reasons. But you don't know what they're dealing with that's personal as well. And I'm not saying that there's no reason for him to miss, like, death and stuff like that. But I didn't hear about a death. So outside of that or, you know, health of a family member, something like that, that's different. But if it was because of stuff at home, like, you don't know what other players are leaving their homes and what's going on there. They have to be knowing that they have to be there and they're showing up. But you're not there. And that's a big disconnect to start a season like this and your your age. And I really don't want to have to keep bringing up the age, but it does affect, because especially your line, you need your line. Like, everybody needs a line, but you need your line because you're already saying that your body isn't recovering at all like it used to. And how it makes you kind of wonder, did you make the right decision? Which leads me to say, I also don't really think, you know, his mind is really just in the game like, you know, he normally is. He's just not in that zone. It's just too much going on, even outside of the the game. But as far as just how he talked to his, you know, his line, you know, you could get any kind of response from other people and they're not going to care that you're TB12, that you're Tom Brady. I think that, but you see other quarterbacks do it and they're able to do it. You know, you see the Russell Wilsons and just quarterbacks that do it, but it, it's not going to always, it's not always needed that you come off being so angry and this actually could backfire. So, I just feel like Tom Brady was wrong 
in this position. Then you also, now you're sitting here yelling at these men like this. But Friday, you weren't there for walkthroughs. And they were there so that you could go to a wedding, a party, pretty much. Let's put it like that. A party. When you can send your gift and smoke a cigar with Robert Kraft later. But your team needed you and you weren't there. And they had places they would have loved to have been too or that they were invited. Or things going on in their families or their children events or things of that nature. And they're there. And then you want to sit there and go off on them on national TV, broad daylight. I just don't think that was cool. It wasn't the route to go. And I feel like you are venting all your frustration, not even just that game, all your frustration on them because of who you are. And that's not fair at all. So moving on to some more sideline antics, let's talk about Robbie Anderson. Now, before I go there, I know we talked about Patrick Mahomes and him and Eric Bieniemy having a disagreement on the sideline because Patrick Mahomes wanted to go back in with a little time left before halftime and get a just have a chance to score. And Eric Bieniemy was like, "No, we're going to go back in this locker room, regroup, have halftime. We'll come out and we'll hit him with it." And so Patrick wanted to let him know that he's passionate and he's there to. Go out there and have time to have an opportunity, I should say, to, you know, score. But you have to think about the look that has for Eric Bieniemy, knowing that he's trying to be a head coach at some point, And he deserves that opportunity. And especially being a black coach when it's in the climate that we live in, so we know what it is. And it's harder, harder for a black coach to get that head coach position to where it's been giving to others that don't even have the talent, the skill, the resume, like Eric Bieniemy, which is why I question things like Nathaniel Hackett and the choices that he's making as a head coach. That's just blatantly showing that this is way over you, way in over your head. But the look that that has for Airbnb when he's trying to go somewhere else and get that interview and have that same opportunity as the man next to him. But he has players that come up to him and, you know, they get into it. So there's something going on, a lack of respect or some attitude or something that's going on. And just with that slight thought, he may not get the opportunity, probably won't get the opportunity. Because these franchises aren't playing with anything that's going to draw negative attention to them. That's probably why we as the Giants lost Odell. And I talked about the reasons why, you know, Odell did some of the things he did, you know, with the the catch and just that instant, you know, fame and spotlight attention. That's why A.B. is where he is. Nobody wants to deal with the drama. So, Doing that when you know that Patrick Mahomes would not even think a half of a second about even saying anything to Andy Reid, but you felt comfortable 
to approach Eric Bieniemy like that. When he deserves the same respect as Andy Reid. As a coach. Not based on resumes, but as who he is and was put in that position. And in that time of the game, was given that authority by Andy Reid. So even though Andy just came through and grabbed him and walked on, I hope that that was addressed because I'm not saying a player shouldn't be able to say anything to a coach. I just think that there's a right way to do it during a game or right after a game or maybe even right before a game. It's probably not the best time when everybody's adrenaline is high and your emotions are going. It's probably best to say, hey, we'll have a time where we wait, then we'll come together, talk it out, and you will hear each other much better than when everybody is in the middle of a game where emotions are already high, adrenaline is high, the energy, and then you start adding a little negativity or a little question mark, it's just going to turn real quick. But going back to Robbie um, Anderson, wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, was as of, you know, this past Sunday. Well, he was since Sunday, but by Monday. But he ends up – now, the Panthers have already let Matt Rule go. So it's already – you know that it's already rough. Your head coach is gone. You have an interim. You don't know what the season's going to look like. It's, you know, it's pretty much starting from scratch again. So you have Steve Wilkes, a black – interim coach so he has all this pressure on him and now you want to go he didn't go off on Steve Wilkes he went off on another coach but you want all this like emotions are high so you're not thinking logically like this but think about a black head interim coach and now you got this going on when it didn't go on before with Matt Rule so it wasn't like a known issue and was like, oh, he he known to go off. So, he, yeah, he just going off on the other one now. No, it's just here now. Matt Rule's gone. Now we're going off. Got stuff going on on the sideline. And my point to that again, think of Steve Wilkes in the position that he's in already. Kind of thrown in the fire. And all eyes are on him. And when he started the season off, he didn't see himself having to step in and do this. So as a fellow, you know, black player to not say, hey, let me get my stuff together for, you know, and we can do this. There's a better way to do this because I wouldn't have done this when Matt Rule was here. I wasn't doing that. So I just think that's just something that Players just that we have to look at or, you know, players because they're the one that they're doing it. We're just spectating it to realize that these men have their goals. They don't just want to all stay coordinators or assistants of this and that and that. They're trying to progress just like you're trying to make the most of yours. And just like you want to be respected and have your time on the field because that's how you make your living. It has to go their way as well. Hey, yo, just wanted to thank you specifically for taking time to listen to In the Zone with Tamika Nicole. 
I thank you for trusting me to give you your hot topics in sports, game recap scores. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. If you know anybody that loves sports and likes to stay on top of the sports news or know what's going on with game recaps and scores, please share the podcast with them. If you have any questions, things you want me to say, share on the podcast or things you disagree with, hey, anything, hit me up at TamikaNicoleZone at gmail.com. That's T-A-M-I-K-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. Thank you. Appreciate you.